and welcome back to another episode of the Sports Ethos Celtics live post-game show. Uh, we're coming into you after a 111-101 victory for the Boston Celtics over the fourth-place fourth Cleveland Cavaliers. Patrick, feels good to get back in the win column. Yes, sir, and this team ends up going back to 500. Um, surprisingly enough, we're only six games out of first place behind the Brooklyn Nets, who are in first, so and only three games out of third. So this team may not look really you know, sharp at times, and being at 500 to this point may seem like a lot worse than it really is, but this team is actually not far from like making going on a run, and they're in their toughest month of the season, so... Very, very encouraging win to get on the Cavs, especially um, when they're down a lot of players. The Celtics had to come in and knock them in the mouth, and, and they did just that. Yeah, 100%, man. I mean, the Cavaliers have been a really, really, really great team this year. Um, one of my favorite teams to watch, actually, but they were down, you know, at least two of their three best players in Evan Mobley and Jared Allen, you know. I'm sure their size would have been a problem, but luckily we had to deal with Taco as opposed to those two. It was good to see Taco again. Um, you know, he started out pretty effective in the beginning of the game, but Rob really ended up having his way uh, when Taco was on the floor. Yeah, man. And then also, too, like this this team, I just want to shout out to Darius Garland, who I think, respectively enough, deserves an all-star spot, but I don't think he gets the name recognition in, in the light that he should. He's, he's having a better year than LaMelo Ball right now, and his team has a better record, but media doesn't like to cover the Cavs like that. Uh, I just want to give Darius uh, Garland his flowers here early on. So I get 100% agree, bro. Garland's one of my favorite players in the league. Honestly, at this point, um, I placed a preseason bet on him to win most improved player. So, you know, I think that has a pretty good chance of becoming becoming true. So, yeah. yeah, you must be feeling really nice right now. Then. I sure am. I mean, listen, I mean, it was a pretty easy bet for me to make. Honestly, it was either him or Tyler Hero. And I went with a guy who I felt like uh, had more opportunity in front of him. But enough of that. Enough about my bets. I mean, we can start here. So the Celtics came out. Uh, what, what were your feelings on the first quarter? How did you feel after the, uh, the end of the first? Yeah, I thought the, the defense was sharp to start out at first. And then um, I thought Romeo getting the start was interesting while Dennis Schroeder still came off the bench. Romeo probably had one of his best well-rounded games of the season. and showed out in his start. He he did like a lot of little things really well. He had 11 points, nine rebounds. He was five of eight from the field, played really in control, um, had two steals, a block, only one turnover. He was a plus 18 on the night, um, second highest on the team behind Jason Tatum, who was a plus 19. Uh, I know you don't like the plus minuses a lot, but sometimes it is can be a little telling. He was out there for a lot of the, the good things the Celtics were able to do. And I thought he did really good on uh, getting in switches and the Cavs try to, you know, have Laurie, who was bigger than him, like, take advantage of him, but he was right there in the face. Roman was just really locked in on the de- defensive side. And honestly, he he's kind of pushing into that um, might be the best defender on the team right behind Smart. Yeah, I mean, like you said, they tried to abuse him with Lowry, uh, but Romeo's not really a weak guy. He's not like, you know, the type of guard in which a tall, skinny big man can kind of punish him like. So that was really good to see him be able to hold his own. And I'm with you, he... He's probably making a case for either the second or third best defender on the team, maybe fourth if you like Tatum. But I think it's between, you know, maybe some of the big men. But Romeo's definitely staking a claim as, you know, a player who deserves rotation minutes every single game on this team. Because, listen, 
like you said, Romeo did a lot of the little things. Uh, and you know, I know his box score looked good tonight, but Romeo is one of these guys who, even if, you know, his impact does not necessarily show in the box score, you can definitely tell by watching him. Uh, he does all the little things, like most of the little things right. And he makes like plays that really matter. And honestly, he makes some impressively athletic defensive plays, like a couple of blocks tonight. Um, or like, or at least, you know, tipped passes that really, you know, he had to get up for. So it's good to see him, you know, continuing to improve on the defensive end and with his three point shot. Yeah, yeah, man. Like his three point shot was solid tonight. Uh, he was one of three from down there, only thirty three percent. But you know, he's shooting with a lot more confidence in his stroke of of the shot. Is just a lot more fluid and, and just looking really good. And then you have like a guy like Robert Williams who really showed out. I thought uh, insane game by him. Twenty one points, eleven rebounds. It was funny though because in the beginning of that first quarter, kind of tell that the Celtics were like, oh like tacos in the center like we're gonna settle for a lot of jumpers and i thought they did settle for a lot too many jumpers to start out they were fouling way too much they had some careless turnovers when we got two quick ones and had to sit so your neesmith came in um but then they, they started getting the ball moving a little bit and then Jalen brown just started the game four or five with 10 points in the first seven minutes and then ended up finishing that finishing the court with 16 points um and and I, I just thought Jalen Brown kind of was like, all right, I'll put the team on my back for this lackluster first quarter from everybody else. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was kind of frustrating at first to see Jalen play so well and Jason kind of struggling. Um, but, you know, Jalen just came out on fire. You know, he was hitting off the dribble shots. He was hitting catch and shoot threes. He honestly made a floater or two that I didn't even really know was in his bag. Um, you know, the floater is a very effective shot because it's all, it's incredibly hard to guard. Um, cause especially with a guy like Rob rolling to the rim, you know, Jalen basically was making taco either step to him or stay with the roller. And if Jalen can make that, uh, make that floater, I mean, that's really going to open up, you know, what he's able to do off of pick and rolls. And also Patrick, I want to say something I saw in the first quarter was our guy Pritchard, right? I think it was the first quarter. Could have been the early. It was okay. It was no, the early second. second, quarter. second he didn't play until the second he, he set yeah, up he ball screen for Jason. And got a guard switched on to Jason, and then you know he was open for three. And I don't believe he made the jump shot, but um, that's like the type of creativity I think that we haven't really seen this year. Uh, like using Pritchard as a ball screener um, in order to get Tatum a good mismatch. Um, that's something I really love to see. Even though on that play it didn't you know end in a basket, uh, I just think that's the type of creativity that could really end up opening things up for this. Yeah, absolutely. I think the screening by even like Robert Williams tonight was phenomenal. Like that was that was kind of where they won the game was on screens. That's where they were able to be like, wait, if we run a screen when Taco's on the on the court, he's not fast enough to come out and contest. So it kind of put the Cavs in a bit of a pickle. And you notice they, they kind of phased him out of the game in the second half. You know, Taco didn't get as much playing time, but still in that first quarter, um, I had a little trivia question for you here. Uh, how many uh, offensive rebounds do you think the Cavs got in the first quarter? Six. How many do you think Taco had? Four. You're close. Uh, the Cavs had eight uh, offensive rebounds, and, and Taco had, did have four. Oh, so okay. Right I was one for two. Okay. Yeah, Listen, because so you know I was mad in that first quarter about the rebounding. It was under it was under my skin. Yeah, man. It, it was it was frustrating to see the offensive rebounds get taken, and they just weren't. It, it seemed like. Whoever had Taco, like they were doing a good job boxing out. Like it was sometimes it was Romeo, sometimes it was uh, Robert Williams, but it seemed like the rest of the team didn't really group rebound in that first quarter. And it's like 
Taco can be boxed out, but somebody else has got to come over and help get the board because he, you know, Taco's not a, not a light guy. He's over 300 pounds. So that's still a guy that you got to push out and it's hard to get that separation. Rob's only six, eight, man. So six, eight, six, nine on a good day. And so the Celtics really needed the to kind of group effort. Um, ultimately, what do you think the, the, the Cavs ended as far as offensive rebounding some of the game? Um, I didn't feel like they killed us outside of the first quarter, so I will say they finished with 13 total, maybe 12. Close. It was oh. actually 15. So in three quarters, they didn't get as many offensive rebounds as they got in one. So That's I thought the Celtics time. did a good job. Uh, yeah, they, they adjusted. They did well. And I think ultimately it was also getting Taco Fall phased out of the game. Mm-hmm. But uh, and overall, I thought that first quarter was – Pretty solid by Jalen Brown and a little sloppy by everybody else in, in the offensive board. So we, we talked about Peyton Pritchard opening up that second quarter. Just and I will just say quick, um, I know you mentioned Rob was 10 of 12 for 21 and 11. And let us not forget the seven assists. I mean, I know Rob had that one play in transition where he brought the ball up and then he turned it over like Rubio got a steal. Um but, you know, I'm not really mm-hmm. expecting Rob to be the one leading the break and, you know, making these passes in transition. I'm really expecting him to make good passes when he gets it on the short roll or, you know, even at, like at the top of the key. If he can see someone, he can make that baseball pass that he seems to like to make. Um, he's really a phenomenal passer. And, uh, I just think that shouldn't go that that should go duly noted because, you know, it's really impressive for a guy who's like, you know, primary skill is rim running and rim gravity being a lob threat like not many guys whose primary skill is that also have the ability to make all these great reads off the pick and or off of the roll so i just want to shout out rob for that because honestly i mean this might be a little bit of a hot take but i know a lot of people think the celtics need a point guard but i really think there's enough people who can uh initiate offense like we saw with Jalen running some pick and roll jason made some great passes we know smart is improving and if you have a guy like uh like Rob making some really great reads off the short roll, that really is going to you know, make defenses scramble to get out to shooters. And if we're moving the ball, we'll be a really hard team to defend. So I think that really you know, opens up uh, part of our offense that we that otherwise is not, is not tapped into without a guy like Rob. As good as a passer as Horford is, he's more of a good passer in well, he'll, he'll make the right pass, right? He'll just make the simple read, the correct read, where Rob makes a very, very advanced read that you kind of are like taken aback that he can even make that read. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, on top of that, like Robert Williams was so good in that second quarter. Um, not even offensively was what he was impactful with. It was his screening. That's uh, when him and Jason Tatum, that's what got Jason Tatum going because Tatum had zero points in that first quarter. He had 11 in the second alone. And it was all off of Robert Williams pick and rolls. And it was, you know, he, he'd come off the pick and roll and Taco wasn't, hedging up enough and Tatum was getting free shots uh, and knocking down the jumpers every time. So I thought Robert Williams was a big part of getting Jason Tatum going in that second quarter. Tatum did still struggle on the night. He he did shoot six of 19. That's only 31% from the field, um, but he was doing other things. Like he still rebounded at nine rebounds. I thought he had some really good passes. He had five um, assists tonight. So ultimately Jason Tatum being second in assist is on the team tonight was, was really encouraging for his playmaking that we get on about a lot. And I'm going to let you go ahead and talk about the, the big play and, and big uh, crazy dunk uh, at the 257 mark 
uh, it was on a fast break. So yeah, it was a two on one, uh, two on one fast break. Tatum, Tatum was the ball handler and somebody, a blur ran up the right side. I couldn't even tell who it was. Tatum drops off a perfect pass to Ennis Freedom. Who goes up and dunks on somebody, man? He got up and he punched it home. And Patrick, I told you this before the show. I was like, who was that? Was that a new person that we signed? Cause there's no, oh my God, that was Ennis Freedom. I couldn't, I've never seen him get more than six inches off the ground, let alone all the way to up to 20 inches off the ground. So I, I mean, I was impressed with the dunk, man. That got me a little fired up. And I'll be honest, there's not many Ennis Freedom plays that get me fired up. So uh, that kind of, that kind of felt good tonight to see him, you know. Make an exciting play like that. And he really did punch it home, man. And to quote Jay Rich, you know, we need him back. We need Jay Rich back. But to quote Jay Rich, he said, he said, OMG, did Ennis just catch a body? And I was just as shocked as Jay Rich because that's got to be the first, uh, that's got to be the first body he's gotten pretty much in his end. No, absolutely. That was probably one of the best dunks that we've, we've seen Ennis Freedom do in his whole entire career. And I'm sure he's not going to let any of his teammates like, talk it away because he's just going to walk up and there's his chest up. It's just knowing that the type of person is freedom is he's going to let everybody know that like, Hey, I, I dunked that. I have that in my bag. And uh, I think that's just going to be funny. It's, it's a good thing for the locker room. I, I think the guys are really happy for him and, and watching him execute that. And then also in that uh, second quarter, my boy, Aaron three Smith. Yes, sir. I had to shout him out, man. He came in shot with confidence, hit his first three shots of the game. Um, he didn't do much the rest of the game. He only had five points on the night, but he was two of two. He he played controlled uh, for the most part. He did have a, a couple knucklehead turnovers, but uh, and some fouls. But you know we, he's still learning, man. He's he's learning the game. I think he's uh, he's like kind of like a a year or two more out before we really see the jump. I think he's on the like Grant Williams trajectory where it's like you got to be patient with him and let the game slow down because the guy didn't play a lot in college, man. He really didn't. I think they put a lot of pressure on him to like be this guy, but like. Uh, going into the season, I, I point out to people all the time ago, for this team to be successful, right, we needed somebody to step up and hit three-pointers. And I always thought it was going to be Aaron Neesmith. Like, that was, like, the pick. Like, obviously, Aaron Neesmith, look at him in summer league. Well, him and paper dude will definitely help. Well, Grant Williams is in the top ten in three-pointers. So, like, clearly, just Aaron Neesmith, if it was just Aaron Neesmith and not Grant Williams, the Celtics' problems wouldn't have gone away. Like there, it's still there. So I don't want to be like, yeah, Aaron Neesmith is needs to start hitting. Like he, if he starts hitting it, it's just going to be gravy on top of it. Cause Grant Williams has got it going. We need Grant Williams back ASAP, by the way. Hope he's doing good in COVID. Uh, him, Horford. Yeah. Richardson get our boys back. Uh, I agree with Lucas on this team being a lot better when they're healthy. ASAP. Hot take, Patrick. That, hot. <laughs> I will say with this team though, that, uh, if there's one guy that I, I wouldn't be too upset about leaving uh, during the trade deadline, it, it would be Dennis Schroeder, who, by the way, was not good again tonight. One of 11, shot 9% from the field, um, missed a free throw as well, just had five fouls, was, was just not not a good uh, asset on the court. Still think he holds the ball too much. I don't like his flow. I don't think he plays within the offense. I think he just kind of plays street ball and does whatever he wants at the end of the day, and i just not a fan of this game. See, I feel for Dennis because of the contract situation, right? You know, he turned down the four for 84 with the Lakers. He signs that um, the MLE, the mid-level exception for $5.9 million for one year. 
So I think Dennis is kind of in a place mentally where he feels like he needs to, and I could be completely wrong. I could be completely wrong about this, but it's kind of what it feels like. He feels like he's in a position where he needs to prove the worth that he can bring. And, you know, one of, you know, some of his biggest worth is scoring the ball. However, like you said, uh, you do need to operate within the construct of the team and Dennis is ball stopping. You know, if you're shooting one for 11 as a point guard, I mean, that's really not acceptable, man. Like, you know, especially when we have players like uh, Jalen and Jason who, you know, need some more shots. Jalen was cooking. I know he took 22 shots tonight and Tatum took 16, but honestly, I would rather see those shots go uh, like, you know, maybe four or five of those Schroeder shots, probably four is a good number, to guys like Pritchard, like a spot-up three-pointer. If you just keep moving the ball, you know, you might get some other players open looks. So I got to say, I am a little frustrated with Dennis's play. I'm not completely out on him, but I do think he's a likely candidate to, you know, maybe get moved at the deadline. And also, I just want to touch on Neesmith quick. You said you might have to give him a year or two. Yeah, he will, uh, he'll really develop well in Sacramento, Patrick, when we trade him for Buddy Heald. So, um, you know, I think that's going to be, uh, that's going to be wonderful for Neesmith. <laughs> don't, don't speak to Buddy Heald. I want to, I want it. I want it. I want it to happen. Not a Buddy Hill guy, but you know that, that's that's fine. Um, Conversation for another day. Conversation for another. Day. Absolutely, we, we'll go at each other's neck one of these days for it. Um, but uh, as far as Dennis and Pritchard goes, uh, how many minutes do you think each played without looking? Without pulling up the box score, I'll say Pritchard played twenty-five and Dennis played twenty-two. Pritchard played twenty minutes. Ooh. Dennis played eighteen. Oh, I was a little bit over on both of them. No way should Dennis Schroeder be getting up 11 shots in 18 minutes. 18 minutes, dude, especially if you only make one of them. I mean, that's tough because, listen, if his jumper, if his midi, if his, like, pull-up is not falling, and, okay, also, it's not, if he's not making that mid-range pull-up at a consistent 40% clip, because, listen, nobody's expecting you to make mid-range jumpers half the time, all right? It's more the 40 to 45 range is a really good clip to see in that area. Um, but if he's not making them at all, I mean, he hasn't been particularly amazing on defense, and I feel like that's me being pretty gracious with him. Um, and, you know, like we said, he's a ball stopper. And also, we talked about this live po- last podcast. Uh, Pritchard, I feel like, is able to operate more within the construct of a team. So I just think, you know, he's slowly going to start to see more and more minutes, and Dennis is going to start to see less and less unless he can, uh, unless he can figure it out. How to operate within the team? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then on top of it, like I, I'm looking here at the box score, right? And I'm going, Marcus Smart played 31 minutes, right? Didn't shoot the ball well at all. One of seven, right? He played 13 more minutes than Dennis. And it's funny because like Marcus Smart gets the reputation of being a like a chucker, but yet he played 13 more minutes than Dennis Schroeder and took less four less shots. Thanks. You know, like Smart has been a good uh, player in understanding when it's his night is on and when his night's not. And listen, moving the basketball. We should shout out Marcus for that because that's something we really talked about in the beginning of the year, wanting to see Marcus know when he needs to fall back. And I think he's done a really phenomenal job, and I haven't heard a lot of praise for it. Um, you know, it's mostly people focusing on his negative shooting. Okay, but if he is having a bad shooting night, I know Marcus is a good enough player in other areas of the game to still be a positive contributor. Now, I necessarily cannot say the same thing about Dennis, but it's good to see that Marcus, you know, if his shots aren't going, he's going to try to impact the game. Getting a loose ball, getting a steal, which he made a few unbelievable steals again tonight. Uh, yeah, I just, I just 
you know, I trust Marcus enough. As Celtics Twitter says, we love and trust Marcus Smart, and I sure do. Uh, even if he's not shooting the ball particularly well. So Pritchard had as many points as Dennis and Marcus Smart put together. Love tonight, that. Love that for Mar- or for for Peyton. Not necessarily Marcus, but I mean, no. Listen, I I, I think it's a uh, I think it's really terrific to see how Peyton's confidence and his swagger has kind of returned. And I think we kind of hit the nail on the head uh, about the Portland game. That's kind of when it came back. You know, he got to you know he got to play with some freedom. Understand? Wow, you know, I don't always not need to try and be perfect. I just need to play my game. And if I play my game. I'll probably play a lot closer to perfect than I would otherwise. So I really love to see him get a swagger back. And I think it's slowly happening with Neesmith too. Definitely not at the same rate as Pritchard. Which makes sense. I mean, we, we talk about course, how Pritchard yeah. was a four-year college guy. So, like, he has that that maturity to his game. And, and Neesmith is only, like, 20 years old, I believe, 2021. 20, uh, Pritchard is 23. So it's crazy to think that Peyton Pritchard and, and Jason Tatum are the same age. That is a little mind-blowing, to be completely honest. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the halftime, you know, we went in with 15-point lead. Brown had 20 points in the first half, 11 points from Tatum. Robert Williams had nine. Pritchard had seven. Pritchard didn't, didn't score the rest of the game in the second half, so uh, he still was making pretty good shots. I thought he did good um, finding people, swing the ball. I do also then, just want to get out there that the second quarter, the Celtics really kind of dominated. I mean, they separated themselves in that second quarter. The first quarter was a little more back and forth. The second quarter, it appeared like you know the Celtics really just put themselves ahead. I don't know if I explicitly said that, but... You know, no, yeah, that was that Tatum. Tatum, Tatum kind of had his, his eleven grew. points. He hit in his second quarter, I believe. Yeah, and I also thought it was kind of a, a cool moment because during his hot streak of shooting in those eleven points, he kind of heat checked. Uh, Celtics got the ball back, and Jalen Brown was trying to get him the ball, and he said, "Nah, man, you get you your turn. You go." Like, and I thought that was just a a very warming moment to like see. Tatum, like, who had the hot hand and just missed his last shot on a heat check to be like, no, no Jalen, I understand that you, you're trying to get it to me, but, like, you eat too. Like, you, you're you hitting everything in this game too. And um, Jalen Brown ended up hitting a, a three-point uh, shot in that in that sequence. So um, absolutely cool love to see that because, listen, the narrative that they can't play off each other I think is frankly false. And I just think, you know, it's going to take some growing and, you know, some learning and figuring out what to do. And I think that was, like you said, very heartwarming to see. See, Jason said, you know what? I have my little run. You, you Jalen, you were cooking in the fourth quarter. How about you bring it back? So, Yeah, and then the third quarter, it kind of got a little bit murky, right? Like um, I thought uh, that's when Robert Williams was really setting some really good screens, but then the Celtics kind of went cold for a three-minute stretch on offense. After they went up 22 points, they kind of kind of like – they stopped – playing hard on offense it wasn't even defense they were still doing pretty well defenses because during that three-minute stretch they only gave up five points which is impressive still the fact is that they went scoreless in those in those five um three minutes so um thought the celtics kind of took their foot off the gas it's kind of been a narrative um in general when they go up in there in the third quarter i don't know why they decided to just take their foot off the gas they just need to start playing like every single possession they're they're either down 10 or it's zero zero because it's kind of getting frustrating with with the whole let's take it easy guys let's start settling all of a sudden like no 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 let's continue doing what works play within the offense and he may burned a lot of timeouts in that third quarter to kind of get the Celtics back into rhythm yeah you know I'm going to use a, a Patriots quote here again go to my well so the Patriots they started the year two and four and they rattled off seven straight victories and something I heard over and over and over again 
um, from the players is we kept that two and four mindset. I think that's the type of, you know, it's the same principle that the Celtics have to follow here. Uh, it doesn't matter how well it's going. You need to act like you're losing the game. You need to play with a great sense of urgency. That's just how it is in basketball because we know basketball is a game of runs. I mean, it felt like this game was over. Okay, you know, in the beginning of the third quarter, you know, after, you know, coming out of halftime. And then, like you said, the Celtics took their foot off the gas a little. All of a sudden, you know, it's Ime, like you said, called two, three timeouts, leads down to 12. And as we know in today's game, with the amount of three-pointers that are shot, 12 points is pretty much nothing in today's league. So, uh, you know, definitely need to just play with that sense of urgency. Because, listen, the Celtics need to play with the sense of urgency. We're a 500 team. We don't have wins to spare. We need to win every game we can in order to get, you know, home court potentially. Or, God forbid, Patrick, make the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, I really think that sense of urgency is something that needs to be addressed. Yeah, a sense of urgency definitely needs to be addressed. But also what needs to be addressed is that um, – you guys need to go, listeners. Please take a moment to go follow Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter, the single most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on earth. Get all your NBA news in one handy Twitter feed. It's faster than the com- competition, provides more analysts, too. Again, that's at Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter. Follow now to get all your updates for betting. But yeah, man, I, I think in that third quarter, the Celtics, man, uh, it, it, it's just. We, it feel like we, we just keep beating the same dead horse, you know, like every time we talk about third quarter, let the foot off the gas whenever we're up. And it's, it's weird though, because like when we're down big and going to third quarter, normally we go on a run and then we get close in the fourth and then we, we kind of like blow it at the end. It's just, it has been some of the most frustrating plays in that third quarter for me, but I don't really want to get too much into the third quarter because I do think that this game was a positive note. Um, we'll go into that fourth quarter with a 12-point lead, 85-73. to 73. And What did you think about that fourth quarter, Lucas? Oh, listen, I mean, honestly, the most notable thing that happened to me, Patrick, I can't even lie, happened with like less than two minutes to go. And it was the return of former Celtic ISO Joe hitting two jumpers and making the garden go berserk. I mean, I know a lot happened before then, but that was definitely the highlight of the fourth quarter for me personally. Um you know, I guess we should say the Celtics have signed um, another, you know, long-tenured NBA veteran. This time, Iso Joe. I mean, I already kind of let the cat out of the bag. I buried the lead. But uh, they signed him to a 10-day hardship contract, and uh, he actually got in the game tonight uh, to the uh, to the Garden's delight. And uh, he hit a couple shots, man, and the place went berserk. So that was, like, easily the biggest highlight for me personally because Joe Johnson has been one of my favorite players since he was in Phoenix. All those years back, and uh, I kind of always wish that the Celtics never got rid of him. But yeah, because the Celtics did draft him and Chauncey Billups. Can you believe that? Thank you, Rick Patino, for getting rid of. <laughs> you want to know something even more crazy, Lucas? Can you name the last time that Joe Johnson was in a Celtics uniform in a game before tonight? I'm just gonna. Do you have the exact date? I have the exact okay, date. Uh, let me just ask one hint: is it in the is it in the be, in the beginning calendar year or like after the new year? It's in the beginning. I'm gonna go uh, with October so after New Year's. Oh, okay, okay. So, I, so it's okay, after I will say uh, January seventeenth, two thousand and two, against the Washington Wizards. 
It was February nineteenth, two thousand two. Man, you were oh, so close. Yeah, man, it was kind of crazy, man, to see him go out there. He almost reached a twenty-year mark. Yes, Iso Joe is forty years old now in the NBA. Played NBA minutes. Hit a a shot tonight. It was one on one in less than two minutes, man. And damn near had as many points as Dennis Schroeder. Crazy, man. Uh, the place went berserk. They were asking for him. He may finally cracked for once and let our boy play. This is the first time that we talked about that we've seen Ime kind of crack and let it, let the Boston crowd kind of bully him into a decision because that place was asking for ISO Joe. They was oh. chanting as loud as they could. They were. Sorry, I thought he had, somebody else must have hit the three. I must have confused that it was ISO Joe because somebody hit a three-pointer at the end of the game, and I yelled at my uh, TV, ISO Joe. So that's a little bit disappointing. I'm now finding out that that was not Joe Johnson that hit the three-pointer. But I did see that little mid-range. You know, he looked like he was out there in the big three. They can't guard him. So that was terrific, man. I don't, I couldn't be happier, honestly, as far as like a veteran presence too between CJ Miles and Joe Johnson. Seriously. Like I tweeted this, um, earlier today when the, when the Celtics signed, um, Joe Johnson, I unironically would sign those two players for the season and cut a couple of members on the Celtics roster. I really would. I would. And, you know, the second one is a little harder for me to find. Um, but I would cut Jabari Parker for one of those two guys. Just purely off of lead. Yeah, and I think something clear since Brad Steven took over as the GM over Danny Ainge is that Danny Ainge really valued more younger guys. And I think Brad Stevens likes the veteran guys. He does. Like, he's using these 10-day contracts on guys who are, like, 40-plus years old. You know, like, he's using them on, like, C.J. Miles and Joe Johnson. Just kind of proves. And he went out and got Al Horford back, who's older. Bringing back a guy that, like, they traded away at one point, which is something Danny Ainge never did. Well, actually, Al Horford left um, in free agency for more money. But you get kind of the drift. Uh, Celtics didn't really ever bring a guy back that played for under Danny Ainge after they left. So just, just encouraging to see that Brad Stevens is a, he does value those veterans, but also, so, Hey, we have a brand new daily fantasy partner at sports ethos thrive fantasy prop up with thrive fantasy on their mobile app or at thrivefantasy.com. Use code ethos. When you sign up to get a hundred percent deposit match bonus on your first deposit up to a hundred bucks. Plus either two or four free games tickets to play. Pick player props on the biggest names playing every night. Score points when your props hit, and the players with the most points will win a share of the nightly prize money. And check out our Sports Ethos DFS team or podcast for advice on winners. Again, that code is ethos over at thrivefantasy.com. But yeah, man, I saw Joe. Great, great appearance there, Lucas. Um, I thought it was heartwarming to see him back in the league, man. 100%. And then, you know, just, you know, to touch on the rest of the fourth quarter, I mean, it felt like it kind of stayed around that 12 to 14, 15 range for a while um, until, you know, there was about three, four minutes left when Ime brought in the bench unit. Um, so I think we did a good job of maintaining the lead, um, but it still was pretty sloppy fourth quarter, wouldn't you say? It was, it felt like it was garbage time, but we weren't winning by enough for it to be garbage time. 10 points, man. We won by 10 Exactly. It's kind of wild. No, like, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it felt like we were up by, it felt like it was Geno time, but the game was well within striking distance for most. Yeah, man. And Kevin Love kind of ate us alive too, man. He had 18 and 11, I believe. Uh, Honestly, if Kevin Love's like contract wasn't as bad, I'd love to have him on the Celtics team because I think he would provide uh, a lot of things that Celtics would need. 
don't know how you feel about that, oh, but if his contract was better, I would agreed. love to keep Love fit. Yeah, the contract gets in the way. Like for some reason, he got bought out or something. I mean, that's definitely a potential add, but uh, because we do kind of need another big, to be honest, like in the rotation, especially a power forward man. Like he, he would be a good backup for like Grant, you know, and then like you could do like Robert and a Horford since you don't want to really play either one of them more than thirty minutes. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I definitely wouldn't hate the idea of, uh, definitely would not hate the idea of Kayla. Absolutely. And then once again, guys, happy holidays, everyone. Of course. Yeah. This is the season of giving, but stop giving your personal information to your ISP on our top of overcharging. Your ISP is allowed to legally sell your browsing history to third party advertisers for a ton of cash. Take your privacy back with ExpressVPN. Head to our special promotional link at expressvpn.com slash hoopball. Yes, still have the old name to get three bonus months on a 12-month subscription. It's super easy turning it on. Just takes one click, and it works great with streaming services like Netflix or sports packages like League Pass 2. Once more, that's expressvpn.com slash hoopball grab those three bonus months now and then also hey quick before we sign off we want to also remind you all to use a coupon code hoopball20 at manscape.com for 20 percent off your order and free shipping and also to check out our pals at mybookie.ig use code hoopball on the third page of the sign up to unlock deposit match bonuses there as well all right man that kind of does it for us here. Um, we got the the Christmas matchup, I believe, Lucas, uh, against the Bucks. Are the Bucks yes, going to get revenge against us on Christmas? We won't be Hopefully doing not. the podcast after Christmas. Lucas and I want to enjoy our holiday, so we will mm-hmm. see you guys on Monday after that game. We'll cover both games for you guys. Um, we have somebody in the crowd wants to get our score predictions for the Bucks game. Who do you who do you got here, Lucas? I want to hear your score prediction. Listen, it's the season of the holidays. It's the season of good vibes. Okay. If you thought there was any way I was picking the Bucks, you have me all the way messed up. I got the Celtics winning this game 104 to 89. Stamp it. That's bold. That was bold. Ooh, that was bold. The Bucks was... under 90, 190 Listen, like to I the said, Bucks. Like I said, you know, it's the Christmas season. I'm feeling bold. I'm feeling happy. You know, Celtics 104-89. Do not bet that, please. All right. I do not want to be held liable wow. for anyone. I'm going to take a 117 to 114 edge win. I think Jalen Brown gets a pass to Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum hits a game winner with like a few seconds left on the clock. Celtics take home a Christmas win in Boston. I also forgot to mention that in my game, Chris Middleton has the 75 of the 89. Lucas is adding. I'm just joking, but you got every every Celtics fan knows how good Chris Milton is against us. So let's just hope we can hold them, you know, under third. Absolutely. And then just before we sign off here, uh, one last time, I do want to add one more trivia question. Who do you think the top two players are? Who is one and who is two in fourth quarter overall points this year? Okay, well. It's got to be relevant to our team. So I'm going to go with number one, our guy, JT. That is correct. Who do you think is second? Um, is he known for scoring in the fourth quarter? Actually, you know what? I already know who it is because I've watched enough of his games. I live in this city. It's DeMar DeRozan, isn't it? Yes, sir, man. DeMar DeRozan, only 20-something points behind you. Finally got a tonight. trivia question right. Let's 
Let's go, Lucas. I mean, I, I thought I'd throw in some trivia like tonight, that. you know, spice it up for I the like holidays. That. Bring a little bit more entertainment here to the people who show up on Spotify Green Room. Sean, we do appreciate you for showing up. You're amazing. We appreciate you um, coming and support us. You guys can also come in and support us on the Spotify Green Room app. But also, this holiday season, there's only one gift that Lucas and I want. I want you to head over to Apple Podcast. Go give us a five-star rating. It takes less than 60 seconds. Five-star ratings, write us a quick review. We would really, really appreciate it. We are really trying to get to, um, what's our goal um, by the end of January? I think it's like 60, 70? 70 reviews, somewhere around there. We're, we're, my goal here is by the time spring comes to maybe be around 100. If we can get to 100 by spring, man, that would be great. Um, so we're just asking you guys. You're going to be with your family and your friends. Go ahead and grab their phone, man, real quick. Take 60 seconds to help support us. Support is free. Lucas and I really appreciate it. You can follow the show at Ethos Celtics on Twitter. You can follow me at Ball and Opinions. You can follow Lucas at Luca underscore Gainer. Yes, sir. Appreciate everybody, you know, showing up to the Spotify Green Room. Appreciate everybody who listens on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Seriously, it means a lot to us. And like Pat said, just get a, get a rating in there on your mom's phone, on your grandma's phone. You know, try and spend some quality time with the fam. By watching some Celtics, maybe they'll even start listening to us. Uh, and then lastly, you know, everybody just stay safe right now. We know the world is crazy with COVID. Um, you know, a lot of family members getting together. You know, get the booster shot. Um, wear your mask, man. Stay safe. And most importantly, you know, value the time you got with your love. Absolutely, everybody. Have a happy, happy holiday season for all of you guys out there spending time with your family for the ones that don't have family to spend with we put our hearts out there for you as well lucas and i we'll see you guys on monday man thank you guys a lot later